0: From the belt to the plate, a swing and a miss, and that's the winner! That's the winner! A World Series winner for the Cardinals!
1: Smith, parks one in the right, down the line! It may go! Go! The Cardinals lead by the score of 7-5, to five, and they may go to the World Series on that one, folks. What a team. What a ride. The Cardinals are world champs in 2011.
2: Welcome to That's a Winner Podcast. I am Ryan Jenkins, and with me, as always, is Josh Brown and Kyle Peach. We have a little uh Coming up and behind us. Uh, all right. So uh, tonight we're going to talk about we're going to get to uh, Tyler O'Neill and Ali Marmol and their feud. Or is it something or is it nothing? I'm not sure. We'll, we'll break down that part. We're also going to talk about uh, the pitching staff. Is it too soon to be worried? Or are we extremely worried? Or it's six games in. No big deal. And then also we're going to talk about Jordan Walker, Nolan Gorman, and the offense. And how great can they be? What are we expecting from this offense and then at the end we're also going to talk uh to landon um atkins and he's going to talk to kyle um we all met all three of us met him in st louis on the final day of the season and uh, we're going to have a short conversation with him as well all right so i'm going to open it up kyle and josh welcome and let's talk about ollie Marmol and tyler o'neill something or nothing josh i'll let you well, you have a lot to say about this oh yeah okay well, let's go to kyle first kyle something <laughs> or nothing is this anything um whose side are you on or let no big deal
0: it's somewhere in the middle for you're me, muted by on my or- end now go Thanks. Uh, something, it, it's somewhere in the middle for me. It's its a little bit of something and a little bit of nothing. I, personally, I wish it would have stayed behind closed doors in the locker room. It gives us a bad rap out in the public. Fans are talking about it. We're talking about it. It's really something we should never have known about, quite honestly. Uh, I like the manager demanding perfection and the best from his players. I don't like the player's response that he was doing. Uh, you know, I take it take the criticism, handle the criticism. Yeah, I need to be better, deal with it, move on. It's really Tyler O'Neill's response to me that was the problem, more so than Arlie Marmol, except I wish it would have been kept behind closed doors. Tyler O'Neill needs to say, yep, I need to be better. I will be better the next time I'm out, and we are not talking about it anymore. Instead, here we are, days later, it's still an issue. Is he starting? Is he not? That part of it I don't like.
2: But let's backtrack a little bit. Was there an issue with him running live? Yes, one hundred percent. Right? Is there any? Does anyone refute that fact that he was not giving one hundred percent? I mean, I I didn't.
3: I didn't see it. I didn't see it live.
0: Okay, video. Did you? Yeah,
3: I I watched the video after. I mean, it did look like he was rounding. So there are analytics now. Yes. you can see. He he was was at twenty-seven feet a second. Twenty-seven point
2: eight uh, feet per second, and he used Top end speed is around thirty, which feet is perception. top in
3: the league. I mean, that's high. That's high up there in the league yes. if you're at thirty feet a second. Okay,
2: yes. So that's where the issue begins. Also, Pop Warner should not have sent him. Terrible send. Probably not as well. But which if we say often with Pop, we do all the time. But it seems like if you're going to go, you got to go. And if you're not committed to running, then you have to put up your own stop sign and stop as well. So yeah. that's my issue with it. Definitely, yes, he was not running. That is the problem. And I didn't like his comments of "I'm trying to make it 160 games." Like that was real. Like you're just trying to make it. Like we're we're trying to win. We're, like I understand. Like uh, you know, it was kind of like the Albert Pujols and Yadier Molina not running to first. I always hated that. I always scream whenever they don't didn't run to
3: first. But did they ever get flamed out for that? No, but is Yadier, different managers. I, obviously. But
2: also is Tyler O'Neill on the same level as Yadier Molina with his speed? I don't think so. And Albert Pujols. I'm talking about all of it.
3: Oh, well, no. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, he has, he's earned nothing. He's earned nothing. Here's here's the tough thing with me on this. I think I can see a little bit of both sides, right? I can see Ollie's stance. It's pretty easy to see that he wasn't going full tilt round and third. And that is on Tyler. Whether he thought he was going to get sent or not, it doesn't matter. You're getting sent. If you started off slow, you got to pick it up, especially knowing that the ball was hit to right field, which is Ronald Acuna, who right. has one of the better arms in the game. You have to pick it up. Like, you have to. Uh, but I do get a little bit on Tyler's end. Even that comment, I didn't like it, but even the comment about, well, I'm trying to stay out here for 160. Look, the Cardinals had him change his his workouts this offseason. They had him lifting less. They had him doing more plyometric stuff to be more flexible. For what reason? To stay on the field. And that's why it shocked me that they were even, like, considering putting him in center. Yeah. Because you think about how much I'll, like, Dylan Carlson dives when he's out in center or Newbar, or how much Bader dove when he's out in center. You're not seeing, I mean, we saw it opening weekend. Tyler was not diving for balls that he could have taken a chance to dive for, you know, no outs, nobody on base. Is that
2: him not giving it a hundred percent either though?
3: I don't know. But after, but after hearing that comment, you might think that now, but on the other end of the Cardinals saying, you know, like we got to have you out on the field. I kind of get where he's coming from. It was raining at that point. Right. Like there's there's sides of this. Like if you had pulled a handy or something in that, would it have been worth it this early on in the season? I don't know. But if you want me to take a deep dive into where you think I, I think this is going, I can do that really easily because I, well, I, look, I looked at a lot of this today and it's not looking good for Tyler. I
2: know. I, I know you did. But before we go there, let me ask just straight up. Are you both of you? Are you on Ollie's side or Tyler's side? Like just pick one. Yeah. Like not yes or no, but Tyler or Ollie. You want me to go? Yes, go ahead.
3: Um, I think I'm on all these with this one. Just, just barely, by the way. I keep going back and forth, but he did it last year with Bader, right? He called Bader out for the same same reason. He wasn't hustling. If you're going to do it, like you got to be consistent in doing sure. it, though. So that's the thing with me, where okay, are you going to be doing it if Nolan's, you know? And that that's a tough thing with a play like this. It's not like. It's not like he was running the first base on a ground out. Yeah, it's not like he he just flamed him out he for would, not running out of ground out. He wouldn't he have done would that. Not, yeah, he would wouldn't have. have. He wouldn't have done that. This is the score run would have put you down to hard lineups coming up. So I get that reasoning. I get that reasoning to kind of air that out a little bit. But on the other hand, it's, it's kind of like Kyle said. I mean, is this something? And Tyler O'Neill said it. He came out and said, "I think this was, could have been handled better. This could have been handled yeah. in house." But at the same time, if he said that they had already talked and what all he's saying in the post-presser is not anything different than Tyler's already heard from him personally, I don't know why that would rub O'Neal so wrong. Sure. Other than his image of, you know, it he seemed that, like right? he was trying to defend his image of, you know, I've come up in this league busting my butt in the minors and, you know, all those things that he said that was kind of, seemed like was in defense uh, of, of his, his his work ethic and his full tilt as a player.
2: Kyle?
0: I I will be on the manager's side on this one just simply because he's the manager. I mean, if he's going to demand you to do something, that's what you need to do. If you want to play, you've got to do what the manager wants you to do. The caveat is, again, I wish it would have not been part of a post-game press conference and would have stayed in the locker room. But definitely on Ollie's side, you know, there are times when you've got to, to slow down potentially to stay in for 162 games. That's when you run to first, not home.
2: Yeah, and so I would agree. I am on 100% on Ollie's side. I uh, was surprised of his comments after the game, but also I found them very refreshing. The St. Louis Cardinals are very button They, Mike Schilt would have never.
3: Mike Matheny would have never. Mike
2: Matheny would have never. Tony loser Lu- would have. have. Yes, And absolutely. he has. He has, and he would. And I felt it refreshing that, thank you. And, I, and I've and i seen this both ways, though, on online. And we might put a poll out there on Twitter, but people saying, like, I'm on Tyler's side and I'm on Ollie's side, so I wanted to check and see it with you guys if we're on the same page, but I'm, I'm 100% with Ollie. Now, let's transition to Josh's deep dive of today. Josh did a lot of research, and the question uh, in our group chat today came up. and was, what will happen to Tyler O'Neill? Is he going to be traded? Is, this, is that blown out of proportion? Is this anything real long-term? I tweeted on that's a winner podcast, um, not from my personal, but from that's a winner podcast tweet. And I said, the outfield's full, anyways. Congratulations, Tyler O'Neill. You're an Oakland A. You know, <laughs> flippantly, jokingly. Miami Marlins. You know, whatever. You know, and jokingly, like, you know, the outfield is very full. If you're not willing to play hard, they can go and, and ship you elsewhere. I said that jokingly. But Josh, you have a little more than jokes.
3: Yeah. I mean,. It- the history of this organization and I, I said it today it's it's a little bit petty i mean honestly <laughs> but it's not it doesn't bode well for a player especially in the last let's say 5 to 10 years if they're disagreeing with a coach or the front office so let's just give a just a couple of quick examples of this right i'll take you back to april 6 2018 <laughs> tommy Pham, if you will remember the first week of the season Tommy had a pretty good 2017 the second half. He had a good 2016. He started to hit his stride after kind of struggling in the minors for a while with all the the sight issues in his eyes and contacts and things that he had. Um, he had a really good 2016 and 2017. They, kind of like Tyler O'Neill thought they'd found somebody to submit out. I think he was playing in the left field, right? He played center every once in a while, kind of like Tyler. Well, if you recall, first week of that season, Sports Illustrated released a big article or feature that they had on him and uh tommy proceeded to pretty much flame out all the front office uh, naming mosaic by name you know that these guys never believed in me if they did they wouldn't have kept me in AAA. blah 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 I mean, it was it was i remember mosaic having to a- answer a lot of questions about it and he was always you know obviously somebody believed in him you know he's here we're glad he's doing well blah blah, blah. three months later july 31st 2018 traded. same so season same season, just three months later. And honestly, almost the exact timeline they're on now. It's <laughs> April 6th today. So, so put
2: July... Uh, mark the trade deadline <laughs> down in, in your
3: calendar there. Uh, June 12th, 2022, last year, Bader, bench for not hustling. Same thing. Right now, Bader, and Bader, fan favorite one, just like fam, Tommy Pham was a, kind of a fan favorite between 2016 and 17. Guys are starting, I mean, fans are starting to like him. And honestly, I, I kind of liked how he was just very brash and would, you know, call people out and stuff. Uh, Bader benched for hustling. And he brought energy. Yes, unlike, exactly. Unlike a lot of the other guys on the, He on brought energy. Uh, June 12, 2022, Bader gets benched for not hustling. Now, Bader had great response about it. Immediately apologized. He immediately took ownership of it, said it wouldn't happen again. Didn't happen again. Um, that's because he got traded two months later. Two months later. August second 2022 is when he got traded was the trade deadline i think it was later it was, it, it was extended
2: we, we we started two weeks later it was extended
3: year. last year that's why right. that was later so that was for jordan montgomery um and you know bader had a good response so that d- didn't matter now i think baders you could argue was a little more the injuries he had going on the plantar fasciitis was starting to flare up all those we things picture Yes, we needed a picture of the diva's there. Still do. But the pettiest of all, man, might be October 10th 2019. Randy Rosarena. Oh yeah. Post Instagram live video, of Mike Schilt's epic profanity-laced post-game speech after knocking the Braves out of the NLDS. Uh, it made Schilt look bad, I guess. I thought it was I thought it was kind of funny. I thought it was a good a good little speech he had to, f- to fire up the fire up the team after that. Uh, but good old Randy doing the things that he does now, the undefeated 6 and 0 Tampa Bay Rays this season. Uh he was traded just a couple months later, January 9th, 2020.
2: Same in the offseason of that yes. of that time. Yeah. Yes. And I thought of that as well. Whenever uh, a Rosarinas happened, I thought yikes, the young guy like that's not pretty not good. But so do you okay, you break you've broken this down. Now, do you believe that Tyler gets traded this season?
3: I do. I do think that he's going to get traded by the by the deadline uh because of this incident because he didn't back down from it and quite honestly because i think he's going to get hurt again sometime between now and then now if he i think the only way that he does not get traded <laughs> is if he starts hitting bombs left and right cuz then he could jog all he want doesn't right. matter <laughs> and he does not get hurt so if he doesn't miss or the, someone else doesn't get hurt
2: in the right right
3: and they and they they need him in there yeah, yeah. that that's part of it too but i, I those are going to be the two keys for him and it might not be If or, or it might need to be both. It might need to be on the field healthy and not missing any significant time between now and then and hitting like he was in 2021. And the sad part of this, maybe the frustrating part as a fan is the Cardinals. And I get it, right? They just never do it, but they never seem to trade guys at their peak. Sure. It would have made sense to trade Tyler O'Neill after 2021. Now, you would say, well, why would they do that? He finished top eight in MVP, finally had a breakout season. What if you've got a star on your hands? Well, what if, yes, but what if you've got a guy who can't stay on the field? I mean, we are yet to see Tyler O'Neill play more than 138 games a season. Well, yeah, That's a lot of people, best year. A lot of people at the time 21. were
2: talking about signing him to an extension. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people wanted to, but it's the same thing you could look at right now. Okay, let's step back. Could have looked at for Paul DeYoung or Ledman Diaz, whatever they did, or Jeremy Hazelbaker, like flashes in the pan. To sell them at their highest yep. or you could look at it right now in that category to me that is brendan donovan it came from nothing nowhere yep. and then all of a sudden it shined out so what's the difference in that that you should trade for what you got kyle i'll ask you is this something or nothing is do you think he gets traded or is are we just blowing it out of proportion
0: I, I mean i i think it, it largely in my mind depends upon the success of of, of players like dylan carlson is dylan carlson gonna hit 185 or is he going to return to form? I, I think there's obviously some more outfield depth there, um, but you know this is this is not a good look. This is but but you know you talk about trade value. Let's go out and say that the guy doesn't hustle, he doesn't give a hundred percent, and oh, we'd like to give him to you. You know what are you going to give us in yeah. return? So that's not that's not the best strategy to try to trade someone either. Um, but but I would probably tend to agree with Josh, depending upon if things don't get any better with this situation anytime soon. I would definitely say that they would look to move him provided that there's someone showing that, that they can handle center field.
2: Yeah. And we just got a really good comment uh, from BC is his name. It looks like he is before you
3: get to that. He's got, he he's, he's got a really good comment. What to, to what you said, Kyle, I think that guy that can handle center field is Dylan Carlson. I think he's proved that over the last two years, he proved it when he got his shot last two nights to start. I mean, he at least defensively, I have no worries with him being center field. It's just a matter of always if he can consistently bat from that left-handed side. I'm
2: gonna get back to BC in a second. I'm gonna agree with you. I thought before the season, I would rather see Dylan Carlson and Lars Newtbar in center field before yes. I see Tyler O'Neill. Like he or even Jordan Walker, we've talked about and previously, of gonna be a center fielder because that's where he's he's athletic enough to do so. Tyler O'Neill would be. Th- third or fourth on my list to play actual center especially field
3: especially being injury prone
2: and now even more so after watching him play center field he's not gonna he has he doesn't make the routes he at the game on opening day fans around me go oh bader would have made that catch oh yeah I'll lay out for that i lay thought out. that a few times and so like that is i don't think he's the center fielder and i i think that this proves that he is less valuable because he's going to be a left fielder. Now he's a gold glove less left fielder, but still. Let me get now to BC. I'll pull it up. BC on Facebook says, here we are talking about a guy who demands a shot at center field from the manager, which he did. He thinks that he deserved it, right? He d- decides to play the world baseball classic. Good or bad. I don't know how you feel about that part, it. but you, yeah, you des- you demand that you want to be center fielder, have a chance at it. And then you, then you go leave, Um, and to go play in WBC. Some guy who can't stay on the field for 162, which we all know that to be true. He got caught dogging it, which he absolutely did. He got publicly corrected, and who's to say he hasn't been been discussed before? And BC um, continues to go on. I can't read it while it's up. Um, Uh,
3: A lot of wait-and-see philosophy for a 28-year-old bodybuilder who moonlights as an MLB player. (laughs) Uh, Plenty of talented, stunted, uh, plenty of talent, Stunned in the pipeline, waiting on a severe case of what ifs.
2: Yeah, like I, I, I don't think I can agree anymore with yeah. BC on that one. Like this, I wouldn't
3: say the moonlighting as a bodybuilder part to Tyler's face, though.
2: No, <laughs> I mean, or his dad. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I can't disagree. I think that everything on that is absolutely correct. Now, the WBC stuff, some people say, you know, it's for your country versus else. Other things like I don't know where I put on that part. Like do I judge people for that part? I don't I don't know. But I, I I'm all with BC on that one.
3: Yeah, I mean the WBC stuff, I think for Tyler specifically, it didn't make sense because you're a guy who had an injury riddled year last year. You were frustrated by frustrated by arbitration hearings, and then you didn't go out and prove it. That's and another part. Injured. So,
2: how much is this to do with arbitration hearings as well? Is yeah. he upset because he didn't get what he wanted out of it as well? Like, I think there's look. Are we saying is it something or nothing? I think it's absolutely something. I think there's a. I think that he's unhappy, and there's some turmoil, and he's worried about being paid and lasting 160 he, games.
3: Those comments to me. Sounded like he's already thinking about 2025 right. when he's an unrestricted free agent. He's got one more year of arbitration next year. So to some degree, you know, there's motivation to do really well. I mean, there should be motivation right. to do really well. These last two years, you want to make a bump in arbitration next year and then get to that free agency when you're still at, you know, 29. So it's a, he'll be around 28, 29 when he hits free agency. Um, but those comments kind of sounded like, yeah, I'm probably not going to be here after two years anyways. Right. Uh, after the yeah, two seasons, self preservation. Yeah, and that's that's never, that's never going to stand well with me. That's never going to stand well with most Cardinals fans, with any fans. When you feel like that, um, so it, he look again. You just look at the short history of the last five years. He's not in a good place. He's not in a good place because not only have you pissed your manager off and disagreed with him and pushed back, right? Bader didn't even push back. Randy Orozarena didn't even. Push. There was, I mean, Randy Rosarena was excited <laughs> that they advanced in the postseason and posted a video. You know that was his only mistake. Um, you know, Mike Schilt. We didn't even get. We didn't even get into. He's not a player, but disagree with the front office, right? right? And one of the first things I saw the day after the O'Neill comments, before the day game Wednesday, when he was benched, who did they interview? John Moselak. Who did he back up? Ollie oh, Marmol. No. immediately. Absolutely. Immediately back to Ollie. So
2: like I think this happens in the real real world. It's not saying that baseball isn't the real world, but in everyday life that people think that they they can't go on without them. But the baseball team and the fan everything's gonna go whether you're there or not. And John Moselock and Ollie Marmel are gonna be in charge tomorrow, whether you're there or not. And it's gonna just keep on rolling without you. Um, Gene asks, uh, or he says, arbitration and his statement of playing 160 games goes hand in hand. So his point is he says that because arbitration is important based on how many games you're playing and how much money you're going to get paid. So he's thinking, again, about himself, self-preservation, instead of trying to score that run to be able to win the game. Yeah. Any uh, other comments on that before we move on to the pitching staff? Not very exciting to talk. uh, (laughs) All right, let's... So <laughs> oh, excited to
3: talk about that.
2: Let's move on. But first, we're going to talk about breakingtcom slash pod. You can see that they're a sponsor of us. And then on this one, you can scan that QR code and you get that new Jordan Walker swing tee. Um, it's Jordan it's his Walker. his first home run the other he, day. His first career home run. Home run. Uh, he's in a red Cardinals jersey swinging, looking pretty. Scan that. Someone already scanned the QR code. It tells me nice. um, scan the QR code and you can check out that tea, anything that you buy through there. Um, we get a piece of that. So we appreciate it. You can also go to our link tree and be able to check out the link tree and get to all of our things, everything that we have, we get a discount for you. So 10% off, I think lids is up to 60% off some of it. Yep. So some things, there's just lots of lots of different uh, discounts that you can, you can get. All right, let's move on now. Let's talk the pitching staff. We are six games in. We are rotation has gone through one time and miles. Michaelis has gone through twice. The pitching staff has the worst ERA in baseball. The pitching staff has the worst uh, batting average against in baseball. Is this, is it too soon to be concerned or is this, I told you so I'll let Kyle go first this time around.
0: Well, I was just thinking I was going to ask you guys to give me a profound statement about the pitching staff. So think about that. Here's mine. Adam Wainwright who hasn't pitched an inning, is the best starter we have in his (laughs) final season in the uniform. Are we going to beg him in October to come back and do it again? Uh, It's unbelievable. Uh, Right now, the Michaelis contract extension looks like a Paul DeYoung contract. Uh, We can't get people out. Our starters can't get people out. The offense at least has been decent, but my gosh, the offense is going to have to score 13 runs a game. Uh, To win at this point, what is up with the pitching staff? It's not good. It's not good at all.
3: Hittable. I mean, (laughs) hittable. Hittable is the only word I can think of. You
0: know,
2: they designed this team to be hittable. That's the and that might sink them with
3: with the shift being banned.
2: Absolutely, every single guy in the lineup and the pitching staff is built. To throw to contact. Well, Jack Flaherty is the closest to not be right. but he can't
3: throw. Strikes. Matt, Matts has Matts some, has some strikeout stuff. Uh, to be honest, it hasn't been the shift that's killing him because the ball can't stay out of the, the ball can't stay out of the in the ballpark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got that right. So um, I would encourage you guys. I, I'm looking here at uh, Bernie Miklos' uh, late latest column over at ScoopsWithDannyMac.com. Uh, Bernie's great, longtime St. Louis Post-Dispatch columnist. A um, lot of great um, old <laughs> clips of him and Tony getting into it back in his days at the at the PD. But he writes some great stuff. He had a great article today about the pitching staff and just honestly how comically bad it's been for them to start. Uh, St. Louis starters ERA, 7.14, ranks 28th in the majors. Um, let's see here. And here here's the big problem, really, is the first two innings. The Absolutely. first two innings of these starts, I, I don't think there's been one game yet this season where we've gone to bat and not just been 0-0. No. I mean, we've, we've, we've been down, I think, every game and think to come to bat. And I, don't think,
2: I don't think it's just one run every game. No, no. no.
3: Well, I've got it here. Bernie's got the numbers. <laughs> In the first two innings of their six starts, Michaelis, Flaherty, Montgomery, Mattson, and Woodford, this is what we have here. 12 innings, 20 earned runs for 15 ERA. Not good. 28 hits, 7 walks, 2 hit batters, Only nine strikeouts and 71 batters faced. That's a 12.7% strikeout rate. Awesome. In the first two innings, opponents have plastered the Cardinals for a 467 batting average, 521 on base percentage, and 850 slugging. (laughs) League average is 440 or something, (laughs) and an OPS of 1.371. Other than that, everything was peachy, Bernie says. (laughs) So I'll, I'll it's pl- the first two innings. They've been killing us. I'll man. pull
2: up this uh, comment from Donald Glenn on YouTube. Yes, completely too soon to worry.
3: It's now, the first week of the season, right? This is I, the Tony quote.
2: And you know, I get that part as well. But if if the worry coming into the season wasn't pitching, then
3: we might feel like that. We might feel like that. But every like, fan from here to everywhere was crying. Why aren't we going after absolutely. pitching? No, we if, said that for the last two years.
2: If if. The lineup wasn't doing great in hitting. I would go, you know, pump the brakes. This is, it's early. But whenever they are having issues at exactly what we expected them to have issues at, that's when I go, okay, I know they're going to do better than they are now, right? The only way, only thing they're going to do is go up from here. But I think they're better than what has happened. But the problem still is there of what I'm worried about going forward and then giving up too many hits. And some of it's soft contact. But like you said, it doesn't matter that they're still giving up hits and there's no shift and this, this, and we're not as talented in the, in the outfield as we were previously either. The offense, I mean, the infield is as best as there is in all of major league baseball, but the outfield no longer is one of the top outfields. Kyle, go ahead. I see. No,
0: just, just wanted, wanted, to jump on. And I, and I agree with that comment as well. It is, it is a little too soon and I should have done some more homework. I was trying to do it on the background here. and just couldn't get it figured out because it's, it's too massive of a question, but the Cardinals first two series have been against playoff teams. Uh, it's been at home. I, I don't know that there is much worse of a first two series schedule than what the Cardinals have gone through. Um, you know, so there is that argument to be made. Certainly, uh, we're getting ready to hit a stretch of Colorado, Pittsburgh, Arizona. Thank you very much. Um, but you know, it is a rough part of the schedule. It is early, uh, but uh, there's got to be some semblance of some alarm bells uh, sounding uh, at least with the uh, pitching staff. You know, even Ryan Helsley coming in the game uh, to try to close it uh, in that first opening day game against Toronto. Every time he threw a ball that wasn't 100 mile an hour, it was hit for an extra base hit, it seems. So uh, it is a systemic issue at, at the start of the season. But, uh, hey, maybe we're up against uh, some of the better teams to agree it's too early. But it is, at least at this point, proven to be a concern.
2: Yeah, well, And you you mentioned playoff teams, in, in which they are. But we also go to Milwaukee, which is not supposed to have a very good offense.
3: And their offense has started off very hot. Five and one. Pitching's been great like like, like people expected.
2: Their pitching has been good, but they've been plastering the ball. They destroyed the Mets 10 to zero. Swept them. $300 plus whatever it is, you know, payroll for the Mets. Like, I'm worried going into the weekend now because I thought that this would, you know, I I can't wait to see Jordan Walker hitting that place for one. Um, But like, I, I, I'm more worried now because this is another series that we're already down three games, which, you know, it's six games in, but we're th- down three games and then you're going there for three more with unknown of what's going on. I mean, already it's, back it's worrisome
0: from them in the division. I mean, it's our yeah. third worst record yeah. in the national league at this point. That's not great either.
2: And, but also to the point of good teams, the Braves are very good. The Braves yeah. are expected to win their division and they're expected to I a lot of people picked them to win the World Series, so I think the Braves are very, very good, and and they're going to be good for a very long time with the contracts they have set up as well.
3: Here's the problem though with me with this. Well, these are tough teams to play to start out. These are the teams that we've want to be said with. for years. Well, we think we can, we think we can be with them. We think we compete. We think we can be one of the top two or three or four teams in the NL. This this rotation is not scaring. The, the Mets, it's not scaring the Braves, it's not scaring the Dodgers, the Padres, the Phillies, whoever you want to name. It's it's not right now. None of these names are. There's not really one name unless Jack starts pitching like he did in 2019. So, the frustrating thing for me with that comment is you say you think you compete, can compete with these teams. I mean, the Braves' man, extremely good. That offense is... Matt Olson looks like he's going to hit 50-something bombs this year. He yeah. hit like nine home runs in spring training. Which I know it's spring training, but that guy looks like he's going to be massive for them. And Freddie Freeman never had that kind of power, so their offense is fantastic. But the problem for me, it, obviously, the pitching number one. But facing the Braves, the series, man, I mean, no Spencer Strider, no uh, Max Fried, who's hurt. You face two spot start, no name, freaking rookies. <laughs> Making their de- major league debut in the Cardinals. That never Yet happens. Again. That
2: never happens. The Cardinals don't have issues with no name players. If you haven't play. seen that, you haven't
3: been watching the last ten years. There is <laughs> this. That's the most maddening stat to me over the last ten years of watching these Cardinals teams, and it's crazy because we've had lots of different players and lots of different lineups come through in these last ten years. I mean, Arnado, Goldie, these are like we should be obliterating these guys, especially with this offense this year, and they did nothing i get spot start not even top it's not like these are like top prospect guys i mean i have a close friend uh, from my fraternity in college that is a Braves fan we were texting he's like man he's like i've seen your guys offense against you know the blue jays this weekend i'm really nervous like we got two spot star guys It's was like oh you guys are golden i told him i was like what you're calling up two random rookies we're gonna do nothing he's like no no i know you guys kind of every once in a while i'm like no no you don't understand we're going to do nothing those two games. I said that I said that Sunday when he was when he was messaging me, like it's just it's it's laughable at this point how we cannot hit these no name rookies making their major league start. And, and Charlie Morton, we hit around okay, and he's still he's still a really good pitcher, but it it was alarming to me that the offense could literally do nothing. I mean, Jordan alar- Walker was the offense. I was gonna,
2: I'm going to ask: Is that alarming because the way what they've done the other five games? Or what they did against like like really good games. pitchers too. Yes, great. because against the Blue Jays, three really good pitchers that they went against, and they scored nine, four, and nine runs. So in that series, they scored twenty-two runs in three games. Awesome, right? And then they, and then so then they scored nine, four, nine, then four again against the Braves in the opening game as well. Like the offense has the last two games did not do well, but the five, the four before that were great. So is it alarming or is it just? We're, we can't be that good for an extended amount of time. I mean, you know what I mean? Like you you're not yeah. gonna be able to put up the numbers that they put up the entire season.
3: Well, and that's what makes the pitching staff stuff so alarming. It's right. like you said, Kyle, they can't they can't <laughs> we can't put up eight, nine, ten runs every game. It's not it's not going to happen. Like there's gotta be a point that three or four or five runs can be enough. And I worry with this rotation as it is that it it can on a consistent basis.
0: Absolutely. I'll throw in one more point here base uh, powerrankingsguru.com who ranks the difficulty level of, of games played so far puts the Cardinals as having the fourth most difficult schedule in baseball to this point behind the Nationals Diamondbacks and Rockies. Um, and it also says the schedule strength of schedule remaining, yeah, it's way early for that. We have the third easiest schedule remaining. Uh, in all of baseball a little early for that stat but i think the difficulty level certainly there was early
2: oh yeah that i knew this season the cardinals have the easiest schedule according you know based on last year's standings all across the board so that is something to look forward to because obviously we're going to um see every team now like a different schedule and we took away some games from the pirates took away games against the reds took away you know, all those games against the Cubs. So like, we're going to see less of those, but we're going to see other guys, other teams that we normally don't see. Um, BC has another question. He says, um, he's not too worried about it right now, but the question is, but my question is, he says, how is it going to be fixed? You're not going to just send Mats or Michaelis or someone down in to the bullpen. no, how does it get fixed in the future is what he means like you know in a in a month from now like what's going to happen you're going to call up gracefo are you going to call up uh, libtor i
3: think is the most likely. he might be the first man up or how about
2: you start zach thompson
3: i think he's too much of a and i wanted to talk i wanted to talk about this in a little bit maybe you know our our Biggest surprises yeah. so far, maybe offensive side and pitching side. But Zach Thompson, for me, is, is one of those. I mean, he, he's been, he's he too has been good the at,
2: only bright spot in the he's pitching He's too team.
3: good of a weapon in the bullpen. Uh, I think outside of Helsley, he's – Verhagen's been really impressive too. But outside of Helsley, he's like the guy I trust most out of the bullpen right now. And he's your only reliable lefty guy sure. with, with no Cabrera. But if he can you know, pitch
2: six innings – in that same manner, isn't that... But can he? I don't know. He's he didn't really it, got it two pitchers. He, he did, did it in the minors. But he
3: walked a crap ton of people. And I think the tough thing with him is he's got two pitches. He's got yeah. that fastball, which is up to like 98, 99 now, which is great. And he's got that, like, filth. He's like a Wano curveball from the left side. It's nasty.
2: Okay, so I guess back to BC's question. How will it change? You're not putting... So is the only way this, this team changes uh, pitching staff-wise, is it when someone gets injured Is it at the trade deadline? Is that the only way? Like, they're not going to move any of the guys. If you think about it, who's in a starting pitching rotation? Any of those guys get bumped for a start for someone else to give a chance. Is it going to happen?
3: Oh, I you know, I think if Jake Woodford, if he has another really rough start, I could see him as the only one out of the five right now to say, all right, we're going to throw you back in the bullpen. Maybe get Libertor up here. Let yeah. him try to start. And Libertor's got, done but, well. Yeah, so far, yeah. So, so but 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 by then you might have Wayno back. It, you know, depending on if it's a couple more starts that you need, you might have one more Woodford start if it's bad, and then you call up Libertor. Yeah, I really don't see. I really don't see the rotation getting changed a whole lot unless it's a trade or an injury. Yeah. And if it's an injury, it's not going to be an immediate trade because those don't happen right now. I mean, right, those but then that will now.
2: make uh, someone else come up. Yes, Recefo, from the minors.
3: or, or Livertor or would be who I would t- think. Hudson
2: gets another go. Kyle, what do you
3: think?
0: <sighs> well, I tell you, I think uh, you know Tony La Russa created the closer position. So why not um, say Ali Mamoura is going to create the uh, bullpen? There, there is no starter position. We're just going to throw out there. Somebody that's going to throw strikes day in, day out. What
3: other They options? do have the opener,
2: right? What eh? other People options do, the opener. do we have?
0: You could do Thompson as an opener. Yeah. I
3: I would intrigue be intrigued by that. Yeah.
0: So I I don't know. It's it's frustrating that we probably the the biggest regret of the offseason, I think for me as a fan personally was there was no pitching upgrade. Um, in it.
3: where have we heard that before? Yeah.
0: How many years in a row have we said that? And how many years in a row does it in a row does it bite us in the butt? Here it is again, and we're talking about it two weeks into the season. Yeah, you
2: know, and. I think it's all banked on how good they think the offense is going to be. And and I did hear on somewhere, I don't remember if that was today or yesterday, but like if you look at the teams that were left in the playoffs last year, it wasn't the team with the best offense. It was the team with the best pitching staffs.
3: One-two punch, yeah. almost ace-co-ace. Right. Yeah, they I had, mentioned that.
2: They had those starters that were the ones that kept going. And the Cardinals— um, I was having a chat today in our in my DM in the DMs of the That's a Winner podcast. I can't think of the name. Um, he he listens to the show. He's probably listening now. I don't even know his real name, but he said, "You know, are we worried about an ace?" And I said, "Well, I'm worried about an ace, a second, a third, and a fourth. Like we don't have any of those. None of these. Our one, two, three, and four probably aren't starting in one, two, three, or four spots for in the majors for any other team. So, like, if you take one of these guys, if one of these." One two threes from a different team. They're our number one, and that's where the difference is in the in the worry is, and that doesn't matter. That even if these guys start competing and start doing well, that doesn't change. They still have a ceiling, and they still are what they are, and we, we can expect them to be is not great. We're going to expect them to do okay, and that's what I think they hope the front office is hoping that they get to is just what they're supposed to be, and then live for the offense to kill it the rest of the way.
3: Yeah, and I just. I don't know if I see that. I mean, we don't. We don't have an ace. We definitely don't have a co-ace. I think, I think the guy with ace potential in the rotation right now might be Jack, just because he's the Absolutely. only one that's shown it. Mike List to me, is kind of the extension that they gave him and how he's pitched the last couple of years, I, I would say is pretty comparable to wayno like a really solid three. You're going to expect him to get to 200 innings, you know, and – Sub four era around three five maybe which is great like you need that but we've got a rotation full of threes and fours absolutely and their ceiling's maybe a two aside from Jack because he's (laughs) shown it before but you know Jack also walked Jack walks seven people but oddly funny enough he's the he's the only starter to go. Did not give up any runs and no hits. By yeah,
2: but he, you know, his best time was in twenty nineteen, and that's been it's a never l- going to get better than that. Yeah, for it's, him. it's a long way off from now. But uh, I, com- I completely agree, he has the ability, but I don't know if it's been too late.
3: But even if you get him back to that, you're still missing that co-ace. Absolutely right. The Phillies, the Phillies had it, you know, in their rotation, blinking on their rotation, of course. No the low- Astros have like three of them. Yeah mean, um, you know, even back to when they won it with Verlander and they had Grinky and all those guys. I mean, you and have, trash cans, and trash cans. You have to have, I think, at least two. Like we feel like every time these guys are on the mound, we have a really good chance to win. At least two of those.
2: Well, if you go back to the 2011, last time the Cardinals won the World Series, when Chris Carpenter was taking the mound in the playoffs, I felt great, even if he was on three days rest. Yep, uh, it was a bulldog out there, and Chris Carpenter was going to get it done. And I think that's—you cannot say that about anybody right now for the St. Louis Cardinals.
3: No, and even that team, you know, you had another guy emerge to be like that for you, and it was Kyle Loesch. Remember, we had some really good years of Kyle Loesch. Probably there was a, probably two or three year in a row there where Kyle Loesch was like, he was really good. I mean, he was a he was a two right there with the Carpenter. And that's what he did in the playoffs for us that year. And then you sprinkle in those guys that can get you, like a Jaime Garcia or Jake Westbrook, like they were right. then, that can get you through five or six innings and keep you in the game. And by keep you in the game, I mean quality starts, right? right? Three three runs or less, like keep you in the game to let your offense not feel like, great, we're going to bat down four again. I mean, you're not – how much How much more pressure do you think, Arnado Goldschmidt – all those guys are putting on themselves when they come up to the plate the first down time they're right, and they're down three or four already.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. There's
3: no way that you're not going to be pressing.
0: Yeah. Hey, Kyle. BC's last comment uh, kind of sums that up for me. He said, this offense does not need a number one, but they do have to have five number threes. I think that's that's yeah. right on, uh, right spot on.
2: BC's bringing the heat. He that's three that's good, good comments. one I mean, tonight. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's got them. We have other comments. They're just not as good. So just keep on bringing up, bringing up for BC. Yeah, Um, and I do
3: think with that comment, I do think, I do think they could have five number threes because I look at Montgomery, I look at Mats and Michaelis. I think all three of those guys could be number three type guys. Flaherty, we've talked about he has potential to be your ace, but you know a two or three. The wild cards is the fifth person in this rotation. Wayno Woodford, Liberator, whoever it is. Like, what are they? Are they just going to pitch bad every time, like a four or five? Because if so, which at that point, you know, those four or five guys, fifth guys in rotation aren't really pitching much in the playoffs anyways.
2: All right, let's move on again. Um, let's pull up. Uh, oh, our newest sponsor. How about this one? This one I'm a big, big fan of. Hide-it mounts. Nice. I have hide-it mounts uh, on the other side of this wall. There are nine of them right, uh, that are holding my bats up. The horizontal ones like you see there, $22. Scan the QR code on your screen. You can be able to get to those um, hide-it mounts. Hide-it mounts are good for baseball, sports, all kinds of different things. But also if you're into gaming, also if you want to hide um, your electronics behind your TVs, all kinds of stuff like that. They just hide all of the consoles and all the, that smart stuff. Stuff. I also have vertical ones. Um, I think I have a vertical one right here. Hold on. Vertical bats. I have multiple of those as well that you can hide uh, that just hangs the bats. So there's all kinds of sports stuff, but obviously, uh, I'm partial to the bats because I collect bats from every major league baseball stadium. So I have a lot of bats. Man, look at that price. Uh, look at that price. 11 bucks.
3: Not bad at all. That,
2: that's great, right? 11 dollars for one of those. Um, which, which is awesome. I love hide mounts, but scan the QR code and, or go to our link tree and be able to find that later as well. Okay. Let's move on to some good news. I don't know. The offense has been elite. It's been the best in baseball uh, for a, well, you know, for the first four games it was, but I want to talk specifically about two guys. We can talk about the other guys because they've all done. Everyone has gotten a hit pretty much every game uh, that started, but I'm going to talk about two guys specifically. Jordan Walker, and being overshadowed since spring training is Nolan Gorman. Nolan Gorman leads the team or is in second place on the team in pretty much every offensive category. He either is first or second, and he's either first or second behind Paul Goldschmidt. If he's not leading it, Paul Goldschmidt's leading it. And in the majors, he's top five in almost every single category as well. Of those two, what is more surprising for you so far of their start? Is it Jordan Walker with his six game hitting streak? Um, in his eight ninety something OPS, or is it Nolan Gorman with more walks than he does has strikeouts and like a twelve hundred OPS, something crazy? It's like, what what is Kyle? I'll let you go first. Which is more surprising so far for you, Jordan Walker or Nolan Gorman? Uh,
0: to, to me, I think it's got to be Nolan Gorman at this point, coming off of where his last season ended for him. I, I I think that's been the greatest surprise to see the adjustments he's been able to make. Uh, And really for Walker, I I think what's going to be interesting is as teams get more data on him and get more analysis on his swing, his approach, the pitches that he chases in and out of the zone, as more of that data comes, how much of an adjustment is he going to be able to make? It's been a fantastic start. We hope it continues. We hope we let two superstars go last year to retirement, and, and he's the next era of superstar in a Cardinal uniform. I really am hoping that he—he's proven so far he can be that. That the question for me is, will he be able to to stand it as uh, these teams start to make these cybermetric-based adjustments and things of that nature uh, against his swing?
2: I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna make your screen a little bigger. I'm gonna look at it. I just think that you, your everything going on back there is looking really good. Oh yeah. Uh, you got the, the Cardinals the calendar, great. but then you got Tyra Bus. If you don't know who Tyra Bus, is over his other shoulder over there. One of the greatest high school basketball players of all time, literally, uh, in all the stats, and played at IU. And oh, you got an, even a, some. Other stuff up there? I mean, Looking good, by the way. Just wanted to point that, that out. out. Looking good. good. Oh, just keep on going. Just keep on... Oh, Jack Buck up there. Nice. It's all, all looking real good go. on... Spotify. Jack's
0: the man. Jack will always be the man, right? <laughs>
2: Absolutely. Josh, I'll let you go answer the question now. Your back uh, background looks terrible, by the
3: way. Yes. Well, I'm just on the other side of you. That's, <laughs> that's just... What we're, that's what I've got right now. Maybe I do one of those, like, beach background photos. <laughs> those sock photos. Um... I'm going to go with Jordan Walker here. And because you said most surprising. Yes. Right.
2: Like, well, yeah, what has which one has surprised yeah. you more?
3: I think I'm going to say Walker because Gorman consistently throughout the entire spring was hitting like this. Really? You know, I mean, we saw really early on that he'd made the adjustments to the high fastball. He was striking out less. Uh, seems like no shift's going to be really nice for him. He's yeah. already gotten, I mean, I saw it when I was there Sunday. Uh, he got a couple hits, um, or at least one. No, actually, that was a game he had two home runs. He might have had a hit through there, too. It was the other day he had two hits through that right side that probably normally would have been outs. So that's going to help his batting average. But he, I think it's least surprising for me with him because he showed it all spring. And I it seemed like it was going to carry over, which it has, which is great. So I'm going to go with Walker just because Walker had that hot start last probably – 10 to 12 days of spring, not so great. Yeah. He kind of went in looking like he, you know, not really knowing honestly what we're we going to get for him. Was he overmatched? Was there something with his shoulder? Right. I mean, he's been fantastic, man. Hitting every game. He's only struck out three times. He's only struck out three times, which and is he, great.
2: He is hitting the ball so hard. Do you know how hard he, he's hitting the he ball? He leads
3: the majors oh, in man, most. Stole, I stole, stole it. Me. I stole <laughs> it. Most hits over 100 miles per hour. I did see that. Sorry. I saw yeah, that today. He did the most That's, hits you love in that in
2: all of baseball over 100 miles an hour i mean you're in
3: you're in trout stanton judge you're in that kind of echelon when you're in, up in there I, hitting the ball like that i
2: will say i am not a baseball savant i am not uh, a hitting coach or anything but i watch all the time and i know i i study everything that i ever watch and i think that he's putting his foot down just a little soon Like, whenever you look at his, whenever you look at whenever he hits the ball into the outfield versus when he's lining or grounding the ball out, his foot is coming down just a a hair soon. So he's getting just a little on top of the ball and he's still crushing it. It's just a little on top of the ball, which is keeping the ball low, which we talked about is not a a worry because he's hitting it 110 miles an hour. You, You
3: hit the ball hard. Hitting line drives, hit the ball hard. You're gonna have, you're gonna start getting more good results. Right. What I'm really excited for is, is like we've talked about, when he starts getting more loft on these. Yeah. When he figures out. Because his first launching. home run, I mean, eh, you know, it was 106 miles right. per hour. Like we're like batting, eh, you know, it's just because he's hit balls 110, 112. It was a line drive shot. I mean, it was, it was a Matt Holiday home run. Yeah. It was kind of what it reminded me of. Nothing wrong with it. It's a home run. Home run's a home run. He hit, he hit the ball hard. But when he starts getting some real loft on some of these, like maybe this weekend in Milwaukee, it could be really fun. In Colorado after that. Yeah, it could be really fun to watch how far he hits some balls. But he's hitting three thirty three. man. three sixty on base. Doesn't have any walks. So that on base is kind of being carried by having eight hits already in six games. Um, I'll, extra I'll, base hits are starting to come along. He's got two doubles now, the home run, but early on it was singles. But his his OPS is over nine hundred right now. Yeah, I mean, and you can't ask for much more. He's twenty years old.
2: Absolutely. And so I, I I answer my own question. What is more surprising to me? It's it is Jordan Walker. Now, as you know, well, this you've is, been
3: saying that Nolan Gorman is going to be a superstar. For as is
2: as I was going to say. As you know, this is a pro Nolan Gorman household. And my two-year-old uh, has now chanced Nomen Gomen <laughs> um, as he as he <laughs> he comes to the plate. Fantastic. He gets a plate.
0: thirty-six straight minutes at the ballpark. Yeah, he yeah. did at the ballpark on opening day.
2: <laughs> Nomen Gomen, Nomen. Yeah, that was great. And then um I, whatever maybe the game you went to maybe that Saturday game um yeah because we had Friday off so was, he slid into home Nolan Gorman did and, and he was safe on the field and they overturned it. Well then now my son slides on the floor and says. No, who? And I say, what are you doing? He goes, I'm Nolan Gorman sliding in the home. <laughs> and I said, are you safe or out? And he goes, I'm out because he was out that on that play. That's great. But the, the point is, Nolan Gorman is not surprising to me. Everything that we have seen in the minors is exactly what, what he's doing now. He hit 30 home runs between the two leagues last year. We knew he was going to strike out 30% of the time because that's what he profiles to do and he's still kind of sort of on that same because he hasn't had as many at bats as other guys because he didn't start against the lefty but he's still hitting the ball better than he has his his uh um batting average is the best on the team or second best behind goldie actually he his ops plus is out out of there his ops is out just crazy he's doing everything we expected actually he's doing a little better than i expected but i love to see it jordan walker He what he has done has been surprising to me because of all the pressure.
3: Jumped, jump, triple A.
2: Yeah, all the pressure. Like as you said, he slow start of the of the uh, at the end of spring training. Yeah,
3: he had sputtered a bit. Sputtered
2: a bit, and I thought maybe he wasn't even going to make the team. Yeah. And um, Michael Gersh said on the radio that there was people in the camp that said he should go to triple A. That was a conversation of who, where should he go, what should we do with him, and some. It
3: wouldn't have been surprising, I don't think, to us if they had started him out at triple A. And
2: so. Then he gets the call up, and obviously, if you're going to call him up, he's starting, and he started every game. Which I thought he was going to get a day's rest here or there. I thought it was going to happen, and he has throwing him right in, man. And here's one other part of it: whenever he comes to the plate and he's 0 for three for the day, he doesn't then have a bad no. bat. No, that, that happened Wednesday. He yes.
3: started that game off 0 for two, I think, 0 yeah. for two or something. And he doesn't then worry bad more. Strikeout, hit a double, and a home run. You're exactly right.
2: Like it's, it's like you
3: could. He compound. doesn't look overwhelmed. The yes. moment doesn't look too big.
2: And it, he, he he, takes that moment and he makes it about making that one at bat instead of compounding an issue of 0 for 3 and making it worse or having a bad day. He just separates it and he, he's able to come through every day like he's 20 years old. Like yeah. I thought the overhype train we can get in trouble with because to, he's going to have an 0 for 20. It's oh, yeah. going to happen and you, you people can't treat him like all if Goldie
3: can have an entire terrible no, no, September, no, let's not talk about that. <laughs> Jordan let's I mean that. to think Jordan Walker's not going to struggle at some point is crazy. So for yes for me, most most um, surprising, definitely Jordan most impressive. Definitely Nolan Gorman. Yeah. All right. Here's 14.46 OPS for Nolan Gorman.
2: I'm telling you. I told you. It's
3: 8.75 slugging.
2: <laughs> every number. His numbers. are, He's number three in the bigs with OPS. Like it's That's everything insane. is just crazy. BC again has a question. Why is Nolan Gorman not being given an outfielder's mitt? The second base experience was better than adequate, but with the development of Donovan, is Gorman DH until Goldie calls it a career after 2025? Here's my thought on this question. I, and I've and I've thought about this um, about Goldie in his position. I always thought that was going to be Jordan Walker's spot. I really did. I thought, okay. First base? Yeah, first base was where goal, we're going to make sure when Goldie's done, like that's where Jordan Walker's going to slide in.
3: I don't think that's the case now. No, not, not with his arm, what they've seen in the outfield.
2: I agree. I agree. that. And he threw a ball over 100 miles an hour from the outfield. My question is, now this may be, um, I don't know. How do we know Donovan is... Not an Aledmus Diaz is not a uh, Paul Goal, uh, Paul DeYoung. How do we not know that he's gonna be not gonna how he's gonna be around for the next five years doing what he's doing? He was not a big prospect, kind of like Tommy Edmund, not a big prospect, but then he came out and and played well out of the gate. How do we know that Donovan's going to press on and be good for an extended amount of time? Is that just what everyone just expects now because he he did it for a season? Because I've been let down after seeing one good season many a times, speaking of Tyler O'Neill earlier.
3: What do you think?
0: Well, Kyle? I think you I think you, you you've gotta have some semblance of, of question mark there. I think you're right to question that. I, I, I you know the, the track record is good but has been good so far. You don't know how much longer that's gonna last. I I, I think uh, <laughs> the way contracts have seemed to go for the Cardinals at times. It's uh, as soon as he signs that, uh, that lucrative contract, then, then it's done. Uh, but uh, you know, I, it's been impressive uh, to see what he's been able to do in, in a short sample size. And, and, and you hope that continues. Um, but, you know, we, we, we've, we've seen many a player that uh, has gone the other way, certainly. And, and maybe O'Neill is next in that department, but um, you know, you hope that consistency continues. It, it seemed to, to last to, Throughout much of the season last year. So kudos to him and hope it keeps going.
2: And, you know, to be honest, I thought that he was going to be a super utility usage type player, um, talking about Donovan. I thought that's where he was going to be used. Um, Hadn't I, been the
3: case so far. No, I mean, he's been a, your starting second baseman.
2: Absolutely. He's been that spot. And, and, um, correct me if I'm wrong, I think Nolan Gorman has only been a DH. Has he played any in the field? I don't field? think he's
3: played the field yet. Yeah. No. So, like, That's what they tried to say because they they started, they started modern on the getaway day. So,
2: they've last year all they said was they didn't want Gorman to be the everyday DH because they wanted him to stay in the game, stay in the mind, and keep reps going. Now, they've switched to the DH, makes you think they've had a change of philosophy of what they were thinking before. Because I really thought that Donovan was going to fill in, I thought he was really going to be if Tommy Day Off or a you know. Gorman Day off on a on matchups. I just thought that's where they were going to use him, but that has not been the case yeah. whatsoever.
3: I think if 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 you hadn't seen Alec Burleson taking advantage of the chances he's gotten and hitting pretty well, he's barreling up a lot of balls. He's, he's hitting the ball hard.
2: Alec Burleson has been a, the biggest yes. surprise to me.
3: I think if you hadn't seen that, I think we would have already seen Donovan out in left field, especially given what just happened yeah. <laughs> with Tyler O'Neill getting benched. Um, so I don't think that's uh, the case for him as a super utility guy. Um, honestly, I think what's changed their mind about Gorman mainly being a DH is Mason Wynn. You look at what he did in spring training and how many comments like uh, about his bat yeah. and how far along it looked. I mean, he looked incredible. He looked like incredible.
2: he was almost ready.
3: I, I think... Because of his timeline being jumped up, it's not. it will not surprise me if we see what we saw with Jordan Walker this year with Mason Wynn next spring. Then we're going to have that the
2: same infield problem that we had outfield problem. Well,
3: so I think what you're going to see is Mason Wynn obviously go to shortstop, Tommy go back to being a gold glove, second baseman, and then that's when Brendan Donovan can be your super utility guy. Or you can float him out in a package in a trade for some starting pitching or something. And I think you could still be fine. Having Nolan Gorman as a you know backup second baseman, third baseman, DH. Um, and you can look at maybe Burleson or Juan Yepes or whoever else is as another DH option if you don't want, but it's pretty it's pretty plain to see that I mean Gorman's strength is his bat. Absolutely <laughs> by far. So either he also, way, he's he gonna also, be in the he lineup. He has a great arm
2: as well. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He has a yeah. strong arm. He showed
3: that when he was playing as a third baseman right. in the minors.
0: You, look at, you look, at, look at Donald's comment there. Donovan's made them change philosophy. I, I think the bat has has definitely, you know, been been the been the highlight as you guys were talking about there. You know, the bat has been the highlight, and, and they're going to run with that while they can. And and you know, we've got other people that can handle the defense, so let the kids swing.
2: Yeah, yeah and he he was previously all about on, on base percentage, and he had no walks before yesterday's game all all season, which was out of. Out of normal for him, and you know, for last year's stats, that he was on base, but he also is hitting the ball harder, further than he has, and having more selling out for a little more power. He's got
3: two walks and five strikeouts at this point,
2: right? Which is reverse of if you told, like, if you just gave those stats, I'd tell you that's Gorman, not Donovan. Oh, yeah. In in that scenario, so I think he's selling out more for power because you know who leads the team in home runs is Donovan and Gorman. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, the difference of, of that side.
3: It's going to be interesting because I think what allures you the most with Brendan Donovan from last year was that 394 on base percentage in right. 126 games. That's that's, that's extremely why, impressive. That's why he's batting first. Yes. So I, I, I don't know if they entirely – I think it's great that he's gone to the hockey puck, you know, knob bat, that he's worked on his bat speed, bring more power. Definitely would be nice to have like, your are starting second baseman hit more than five home runs like he did last year. Um but I don't know if they entirely are going to want him to sell out for power to the point where he's chasing pitches, and he's not drawing those walks. Get three twenty OBP, not right now. Not, I mean, not great. Not that's not, not what you're going to want for for your leadoff hitter for sure. You know, I mean, unless you, unless you're going to be Curtis Granderson and hit thirty five home runs as a leadoff guy, and I don't think Brandon Donovan's going to be doing that. So, I don't think it would surprise me if. They maybe if he has another pretty good season, but not as good maybe as last year in terms of on base percentage. So maybe he's got more power, but he's not quite you know as high in the on base department. It wouldn't surprise me maybe if they use him as kind of trade bait um, just because of the timeline. Wins jumped up. Obviously, Tommy's going nowhere. But organizationally, I mean, everybody seems to love Donovan. And watching him, I'll tell you who he reminds me I think the most is probably Skip Schumacher. Yeah, just in terms of a gamer. Always hustling. I mean, Skip, I don't think I ever saw Skip's helmet fly off when he ran the <laughs> bases, which it just seems like – Skip Brand, never had much hair. It seems like Donovan just <laughs> needs to get a helmet that fits better. A chin um, strap. Maybe a chin yeah, strap. chin the strap. Older one. <laughs> the old T-ball <laughs> chin strap helmet. Um, but it, he's a gamer, can play everywhere. I mean, literally. He's literally that, that guy you look at the bench and say, hey, I need you to run out to, to left field. Great. I need you to run out to first base. He'll do it, as we did last right. year. That's why he won the utility gold glove. Uh, you win with guys like that. I mean, you need guys like that. You need guys like that in the playoffs. They they can have big moments. Skip had big moments. Absolutely. For us in 2011, those guys, those guys matter. I mean, you definitely need those guys. So they can find a way to float him around, especially, especially if you wind up trading one of these outfielders. Which I think, if we're talking about who, if you had to put put your money on any anybody, any position being traded right now, it's going to be one of these outfielders.
2: Right. And but to the point that we made earlier, like sell high, Donovan may be at his peak right. that you ever see. And then that may be hard pill for people to swallow if that happened right now. But I also think if we if you think Mason Wynn comes up next season, then I think that the time to sell would be would be now on Donovan personally. A lot of people may not like that take, but that to me, if that's what you think is gonna happen, you're gonna have the exact same issue um that you have in the outfield and you just want to have the best guys ready right. to go. All right. Well um let's do one more of these. We'll talk about uh, Jersey Flock. JerseyFlock.com slash that's a winner pod. The... Tommy Edmond Cardinals jersey is on Flocks. Scan that QR code. Fifty four ninety nine for a jersey. You can get in the white, the red, the blue, as you see there. And also, Josh has on his new Got Wilson Contreras, Wilson Contreras here, the, uh, the Saturday really jersey. The
3: Saturday cream, yeah. He,
2: he has the Wilson Contreras. Um,
3: nice. They turn out. They're, they're nice. Take a little while to they, ship to you. They
2: take a long while. <laughs> so if you while. want a jersey for uh, the postseason run, go <laughs> yeah. ahead and get that now.
3: But they are really good quality for the price. I they, will say that.
2: They absolutely are. 54 nine great quality for the price jersey flock you can scan that QR code or go to our link tree later as well and then I'll also plug one more which is um oh, lids.com nice. lids.com has all kinds of uh, stuff but this apparel I selected for this one is a is a Nike zip up for 69.99 there's discount code that goes in there as well for that's a winter pod gets you some percentage off. It goes anywhere from 10% to 60% off, um, along the way. Uh, I just want to mention all those sponsors again. It, we're brought to you by Jersey Flock, lids.com breaking tea and hide it mounts. Find all of our links, um, on our link tree, F- follow us on Facebook and on YouTube, subscribe and um, Twitter as well at that's a winner pod. Um, so now I'll, I'll let Kyle intro this Kyle. Um, all three of us met Landon um, in St. Louis on the final day of the, uh, of the regular season last year, sat with him through the entire game. And he uh, sparked Kyle's interest because he, he knew more baseball than, than most adults that Kyle had talked to. And Kyle will talk baseball with anyone. So, so, I'll let Kyle intro this and then we'll get to the video uh, of Landon that Kyle and he recorded in his studio in Mount Carmel, Illinois at Wabash Valley College. So, Kyle, I'll take it yeah, away. Yeah, so
0: got the chance to meet Landon uh, Atkins over at Fush Stadium. He was there uh, with his grandma watching a game. I understand that's an annual tradition for them. He uh, just struck me as, as a Smart 12 year old kid talking Cardinal baseball, and he was able to talk Cardinal baseball well beyond his years, as you're going to find out here in just a minute. Um, hi to, to Landon and his family, he's uh, he's watching right now. I'm, I know I just texted him a moment ago, said, Hey, we're coming to you. Uh, so I hope you enjoy the interview that I did with him. Uh, here just a couple of weeks ago, right before the start of the regular season. Uh, he's going to impress you with his knowledge of Cardinal baseball for such a young age, and, and by golly, raise your kids like, like Landon's parents raised him. Be good, smart, intelligent Cardinal fans. Take a look at this. Podcast, we are pleased to have a friend of the podcast. Landon Atkins is with it with Hello. us. Thanks for joining us tonight. Sure. Hey, so tell everybody where and how we met last year.
1: I'm um, from Wentzville, Missouri, about forty-five minutes out of St. Louis, where the Cardinals play. And I met Kyle at the uh, at the Cardinals game in um, in the last game of the year with uh, Albert and Pujols and Wainwright playing.
0: Yeah, it was a pretty cool moment seeing the last game at Busch Stadium for yeah. Albert Pujols and. Yadier Molina, and we kind of got to share that moment together. And then, mm-hmm. as we were talking, uh, Landon impressed me so much with his knowledge of the Cardinals and baseball that we kind of hit it off. And and we got to talking and figured out that uh, here in my hometown of Mount Carmel, Illinois, mm-hmm. you have family.
1: Yes. Do.
0: So here he is on his uh, spring break week from school to kind of check out our television studio that we operate out of here. And thought we'd bring him on the podcast and talk a little bit about uh, Cardinal baseball, so as we're recording this today is the day that the Cardinals sign an extension yeah. with Miles Michaelis, uh-huh. and so tell us your thoughts about that because you and I kind of share some of the same ideas about that.
1: So I think he's definitely getting like overpaid, getting a uh, 20 million a year, 40 million for two years, like it's like a almost like a super star, superstar- superstar uh, contract, which is he just hasn't he hasn't proved himself well. Having was it. What was he? He probably lost about nine games last year. So like, I think Jack Flaherty might deserve that money, maybe. Uh, but not Michaelis really. I think if he can pitch well this season and prove himself, I think he definitely gets that money. But he's, he's got to be healthy too. Yeah, yeah. I, I think sometimes health is a problem. Sometimes just him not pitching well. Like in the in that playoff game, I had. I think everyone had good faith in him. They're like, okay, he's got this. But he he. He didn't pitch very well. He I guess he he only gave up one run, but you saw a lot of hits, and he only him only going four innings, and with a, this Cardinals bullpen, he just they they need some better pitching, and I think that would help a lot.
0: Couldn't agree more that the Cardinals need some more pitching. But one of the big off-season acquisitions was the new catcher, yeah. the guy whose jersey you've got on today. Yeah. Talk about Wilson Contreras and what you think he'll do for the Cardinals.
1: I think that it, uh, he's. He's definitely always well, got six five year contract. Five yeah. six six-year. I think that since he's got that big of a contract, uh, I think he, it's a good contract, $80 eighty million and six whatever, six, five years. And uh the fact is that uh he I think he's gonna give us like a almost like a pool hole season but playing more games. And uh I also kinda read a little bit that he can he obviously catches his main problem, but he I think he could play uh I think he can he can play out he can play outfield and I think he can uh D H too. And uh, I think that'll help him. Him maybe stealing five. Well, bases longer, maybe not. But maybe stealing seven bases. And I think he'll he'll have some power in that lineup. And 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 I think I think he he, he will. We all respect Yadi, but I think he will do better than Yadi uh, this season. Getting some like youth behind the plate for the cardinals i think that'll help
0: yeah i think yadi no doubt was kind of tailing off of the end of his career and and wilson will will hopefully be that good or better going forward we we certainly hope and and okay so i gotta ask you because you're young so they put all these new rules into effect in baseball this year the pitch clock yeah what do you think about the pitch clock
1: well i i was like weird very weird I think they just keep it the same like so I, I someone told me that well, are we just gonna play softball What is does this game turn into because like I, I get you want the game to be shorter but baseball fans are like intense and they're like they want they want to watch, that's what they do for the day they want to watch baseball they don't want to go to like a two-hour game and pay for whatever was what like $30 parking and then only be the game for two hours and they want to see a good I the pitch clock, not like the getting the batter to step in, yeah, but then like all the other factors that, that I don't like that stuff that much.
0: Rob, pay attention. Mr. Mr. President, head of baseball, yeah. young kid, loves baseball, telling you do away with the pitch clock. I, I hate the pitch clock. I Same hate everything way. about the pitch clock. I don't like it. It's changing the game not not a not a good thing so give me your outlook where do you think the cardinals are going to finish the season this year what do they need to do to win the division and yeah. then go beyond that
1: so i think adding Contreras is good i think that you saw newborn in world baseball classic he hit well and there is like oh newborn newborn and otani did look they did bond together so i think that they could go for otani i think that would be like, I think they'd win, they would They They would would definitely w- probably win the National League if they got Otani, uh, just behind the Dodgers and stuff. But I don't know if they can pay Otani. And I think if they had to trade Otani, I think they'd be giving away, like, uh, who's that, Wynn, the prospect, and then Walker, and probably, like, Libertor, Gorman. I think Newbar would have to go in that. The, so. the,
0: the price tag's going to be steep.
1: Yeah, and, and they're really just going to get, like, Otani, yeah, he's, he's good, but is it worth trading all these prospects that it could be, like, as I, I don't want to say as good as him, but could give us good numbers.
0: Well, there, there's there's obviously but, success in numbers yeah. when you got that many people that you yeah. that can impact your lineup for one guy. That's a little scary.
1: Yeah, especially like they're gonna have a hole maybe with him. Well, he can pitch and play outfield, but if he gets injured, what are you gonna do? Like, what are you just gonna call up these rookies that may not even be that good? Like, uh, um, I don't know. There's some rookies that. Seem like they're having a good year in spring training, but I don't know how they're going to turn out. So right. I don't we've, think we've, we've
0: seen that w- before yeah. with guys like Paul DeYoung, and, and yeah. I really hope I, I root for Paul DeYoung. I hope he does well, but boy, has it been a struggle.
1: I just I don't see him there. Yeah. I, I think he's I think they should just give him away. I think he they should just I don't know if they can drop him or anything, but if they can just trade him, maybe get a big trade package and put him in it, maybe a maybe like him and then a two other, like, decent prospects, not our top five, but, and then maybe acquire a relief pitcher that could do something, maybe.
0: You can tell that Landon and I agree a lot about the fact that the Cardinals need more pitching at some point this season, already going into the season, uh-huh. without Adam Wainwright, that's big.
1: Yeah, Um I think that Wainwright, I don't, I think he's not going to, I think he's going to maybe have uh, four wins, but I think they should maybe consider him being a relief pitcher. I know he lo- he loves starting, and a lot of respect to him, but like, I think his fastball is only going to be like what 81 miles an hour, maybe. And I think the first the first few at bats he'll fool him with his curveball, but like, if they can get under that, then I don't know what's going to happen. And I think that um, uh, with his whatever's groin or something, I yeah. think I think that he's 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 older, so. I think that if he wants to pitch longer in the games, he's gonna have to work through his injury, which I think he, he does. I don't I think he does good working through his injury, but um, if he needs if he wants to like have a good season, I think he's gonna have to um, try not to get injured and maybe not throw as much or something. I don't know. but
0: yeah,' gonna be interesting to see how that shakes out. You can tell, can't you Cardinal fans that this kid's pretty smart for his age, 13 years old. Uh, Landon Atkins here on That's a Winter podcast. Hope to see you at the yeah. ballpark some this summer. And then uh, who knows, maybe we'll end up right back here again sometime on another break of yours and do another yeah. segment. Hopefully. All right. Thanks for joining us, Landon. And, and that's you. this segment on That's
1: a Winter podcast.